0: How come no one has done Whitey Bulger? He seems to be involved in every crime in the city, and yet the Bureau keeps saying he's clean. It's only when another agency has an informant that I hear maybe Whitey isn't so squeaky clean.
1: Well, he yeah, he's very careful. He doesn't use phones, that kind of stuff, and, uh, who did you say these other informants were? I didn't. What I hear, his criminal days are all but over. His
0: his partner and him, they gone legit. Christ calling. is one he never used in phones and careful, or is one he retired. I don't... I mean,
1: I just... I'm not in my office. These are things that I hear. I don't know if all of them are true. Do your
0: job and find out. Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone and Joel Clark for another episode of our gangster movie uh, show that we've been doing. We don't have a name for it yet, but we will soon. It's been difficult to come up with one, and today we're doing Black Mass. Black Mass is a 2015 film starring Johnny Depp. Uh, It's about how the FBI agent John Conley forms an alliance with the ruthless crime boss Whitey Bulger against the italian mafia in boston uh it's a lot more to the movie than that but that's the sort of the, the quick synopsis of it uh, again this came out in 2015 i don't i don't quite know what this movie's legacy is yet so i don't know if this is like a movie that people still remember that well or if it's it, if it's already become a classic or if it's one of these crime movies that just got forgotten about um but uh but but yeah, so what was your you was this your first time watching this guys or have you guys seen this film before? You know, uh, it's weird. First time.
1: Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, well, like, I thought it was my first time, but then I was watching watching a few of the scenes about the middle of the movie, and I don't know if I walked in on someone else watching it and just kind of sat down. But I knew it was going to happen before it happened. I was like, "Oh, I remember
0: this." I bet you you saw the because tra- the trailer they played two scenes in the trailer straight through mm-hmm. instead of doing like a trailer where they flip through all of different sequences really quickly. They wow, played really? the scene at the dinner table where he's talking about the secret family yeah. recipe, and they played yeah, that's the one. I said before. Okay, and they and the scene with his son, uh, where when he's telling his son like you got in trouble because I saw people that one saw. You. No, oh, yeah, I remember.
2: The, uh, I remember that scene distinctly because back before I was on the do it any podcast. You, know, I was following you on social media and you linked it and I was <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, so I was like, you actually introduced me. Okay.
0: Right yeah. There. I do remember post. Yeah. I did post about this movie cause I was very excited when, yes. when it was coming out. I remember that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. I, I, and I saw it, I saw it on demand when it first came out on, like I didn't go to the movies and see it, but I saw it when it first came out on demand and I might've even done the thing where I saw it like while it was still in theaters and paid the extra money. I can't remember if they were doing that at the time. But Adam, what about you?
2: Uh, What's the question again? Did you guys see
0: this movie? Was this your first time seeing this This movie?
2: This was my first time watching it. Aside from that one, the dinner trailer was the trailer I saw. That's all I'd seen of this movie.
0: So so then that leads to what did you guys think of the movie?
2: Uh, I liked the movie. I felt it was rushed a little. I felt like if this was like a one-season premium cable show, it would have been fantastic everything about it was good but yeah you know, there's so many characters just kind of come and go it's yeah. like like you know like bulger's wife it's like well you have she's like fairly prominent in the beginning of the movie then she just she's just gone she yeah. disappears you know the first character you meet jesse plemons character it's like oh i, I feel like he's going to be important <laughs> no nah, he's pretty much invisible for the entire movie even when he's in a scene he's he's kind like, of our
0: eyes into the movie right like that's is yes that...
2: yeah but i i I liked it it's good i just it was kind of a case of i wish there was more of this really because i'm enjoying what's here and you know because and you know i mean we'll get into comparing more with uh our last movie but i'll I'll get into that more of that later but you go ahead and give your opinion here joel
1: oh yeah yeah okay so i i generally agree with you uh i liked what was there and i don't I don't know that there wasn't enough of it. I almost felt like there was too much, and we were <laughs> just sort of getting like we were we were riding the crests of all the waves. Yeah, uh, I, I can see like, that too. Because I think we were talking before the podcast that so this is this is a long movie. Like this yeah. is like a two hour plus movie. It's it's pretty it's quite a trip, and yeah. it's it's really comprehensive. It it follows Whitey Bulger's basically his entire career from like a small time guy all the way up to two thousand eleven when he's finally apprehended by the feds um so it's it's a pretty illustrious career for what it is and that's a lot
0: uh, you're talking about like well and actually we, we only it, get we're not even getting all of his career cuz he there was he had an earlier criminal yeah. past prior to this yeah, they just
2: alcatraz by yeah. the time we meet him
1: so yep. yep so so yeah and we get the highlights of that and there's a lot in a, in a life in any life and this guy's life was quite full of horrible horrible things Yeah. Um, so Really, the impression is one of like almost um like almost like synaptic overload. Mm. Because like it feels unbelievable that one guy did all this horrible stuff. And like everyone kind of just reacts to it in this really like for the whole movie, almost the premise of the movie is that he kinda has a guy on the inside of the FBI, and there's he that guy is sort of tamping down any mm-hmm. official investigation into him but at the end of the movie you really start siding with the the new uh oh, was it a prosecutor over that shows up who's like why yeah. hasn't anyone done anything to whitey bulger look at this mess <laughs> and there's and you agree with that emotionally as an audience but like when i kind of thought about it like we've got big time skips in this movie and it got my gears running it's like you know living with this guy like normalizing this this didn't all happen in two hours in real life. It was spread out over decades. Yeah. So that's just kind of like there's an insidiousness to the character that's really alarming. And they, they, the movie understands that. It's done that kind of like bait and switch with you. And so the last third of the movie is it bringing it home like, hey, look, I know you've gotten to know this guy. Audience of so the movie and kind of sympathize with him like his kid died and all that. But guess what? He's a monster and you really should be scared of him. And it was really cool and I really enjoyed that.
2: Um, yeah, yeah i would say I, I if you know to give one criticism of the movie it's like i was enjoying it i was interested it's like i never really got that emotionally engaged in the movie like through most of it because mm-hmm. you are spending so little time with any character that there wasn't a whole lot of suspense in this movie or concern for much of anybody even right. like the purely innocent characters like the wives or that kind of thing you just mm-hmm don't really get to know anybody well i think
0: well. i think the characters you get to know are really uh bulger yeah and john bulger. and john I say any of them. yeah and john so, connelly and um, and 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 um and, and i think you also uh you know get it get it get even though he's not got as much screen time i think billy bulger kind of i think there's like a i think it's like a trinity of characters with them do you know what i mean where uh-huh. they're the ones that i feel like i got to know the most if that makes sense um, I don't know my, my, so I, I really like the movie. Uh, yeah. I, I, I sort of, this time around, I did notice some of the things you guys were talking about where it, like, like comparing it to say Goodfellas, which also takes over, it, it takes place over a long period of time. Yeah, but somehow it gets you to sink into these moments where you really get to know different characters and get to spend time. That's with them. a really yeah.
2: emotionally investing yeah. movie
0: the way that this yeah. was. Yeah. It's still good,
2: <laughs> but it, the, yeah. This well, definitely
0: though, doesn't do that. This is more, there are moments like I get, I get to see John Conley for moments and I get to piece together everything that's going on, but it isn't yeah. that slower pace. It's, it's very frenetic. Um, I don't know if that's a product of it being a newer movie. I know that there were a lot of movies around this time that like even Doctor Who, if I recall, around this time was kind mm-hmm. of doing this thing where it was like, mm-hmm. we're gonna cram a bunch of stuff into the out you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was and yeah. so I feel like maybe that was part of it. I also think it might have been that they were trying to build the movie around all these set pieces and that they were mm-hmm. and that the emotional reward of the movie is the set pieces. Like, you know, where where some kind of really hyper-realistic violence is going on and there's a cool movie soundtrack in the background and on that level that's where it resonates with me um but i do agree with you there is kind of this um i mean there are spaces where you get to see the character like i said like bulger gets a lot of a lot of time but um but but it it is kind of it 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 is missing something there there is sort of a more of a um but again, I think the trade-off is they got the set pieces, and maybe that's sure. You know, and I
2: mean, I'm saying it's not as not as emotionally involving as Goodfellas. Isn't the harshest criticism? Yeah, no, of no, a movie either. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but yeah. I
0: would say this is this is more like Scarface. I think. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. more like Scarface, where it's structured around. Okay, now is the scene where he falls into the fountain, and it's glory. Yeah. You know, that's that. And that's, you, got, kind-
2: you kind of got the, the tell don't show thing too, and like, well, after. His is you know after his son died and stuff he was never the same and I'm like I you're telling me that but I'm yeah. I'm not I, he seems kind of the same through the whole thing well, in a lot of ways.
0: I I feel like I was paying attention to that this time because I kind of felt oh, okay. the same way and I feel like what you see is he becomes more of a monster both visually and in terms of be- his behavior after uh-huh. the son dies like he's still a bad guy He's still he's not a nice guy at the beginning of the movie but just the stuff he's doing is. Really ratcheted up after that happens. Do you know what I mean, that's if I recall, that's the scene where he kills the girlfriend of uh, of Stephen Fleming, right? Is is after his son dies? If I have my yeah. timeline right, and yeah, that's, that's considered a execution. Well, too. and that's considered that's the crime everybody always talks about when they try to say how terrible terrible of a of a person he was, right? So yeah, um, so I think I think there's that, but I, but it kind of does lead into one of the reasons why I really like this movie is it's it's like the it's the polar opposite of a lot of this style of 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 crime movie where they 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 Johnny Depp they're kind of they're not going the Donnie Brasco road of having him like in a very straightforward way play a real person they're having i mean he's they're having him play like the monstrous whitey bulger it's it's it, yeah. like like the best way i can put it is the actors are not doing impersonations of the people that they're playing they're do they're embodying them in a very heightened way so yeah, well you
2: don't hire, you don't hire, you don't hire johnny depp because you want a grounded subtle performance yeah.
0: though, uh, though though he can give them i've seen yeah, him in movies he again great that but, wasn't that wasn't yeah. an
2: insult i'm just saying but he he likes to go big he, or yeah I, no, th- this, very dramatic.
0: this is like whitey bulger is satan Right, like this is him as yeah. like the devil. Yeah, and and exactly. it's and, and for for Johnny Depp, it's a fairly restrained performance. I would say it's not mm-hmm. it's not like Tonto it is. or what this was is, the...
2: this is his version of subtle.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, this is it's it's like he's playing somebody that you could see walking down the street, but there's definitely something radiating <laughs> off this guy that is superhuman. Right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so so I like it for that because it's kind of got like all the things I like about horror movies in it. As a result, it's got like this villain. Uh-huh. That really feels like the embodiment of evil, but it's also got this comic edge to him. And I think yeah. that combination is one of the things that really makes it work. And it's got like, it's kind of got the cool factor and not in the way that like a movie like boondock saints has it to name another Boston movie. It's not like that heavy handed and, and corny it's 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 yeah, it's well, got, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: that's a whole different thing. Yeah.
0: So, but, but it's also very, it's very, it's a local movies and it's also, it's whereas Eddie Coyle is a period that is just like before I was even born. This is a yeah. period where I'm like, I'm aware of the stuff. And so it's a little bit harder for me to, I feel like I might be more emotionally invested in the movie because I was aware of like all of the stuff that, you know, like I knew why it was so bad that the FBI was working with this guy. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. like that kind of a thing. So I I I think I think it might resonate different w- with the person who just is local and knows more about like all of the headlines than if 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 it, if you're just seeing this for the first time strung together in in a series of clips and it's like well I guess that's important for a reason but I don't necessarily know why <laughs> is that does that make sense or is that yeah well yeah and that's the oh. thing I think they this this
1: movie probably plays different in Boston is is my judgment of it you know. It's like, cause as a, as a guy who was formerly in the Midwest and is now in Alaska, stuff about Bigfoot plays different to me. Okay. It's like, <laughs> I look out my window sometimes and there's a moose there and it feels mm. like, you know, Bigfoot's a bigger threat. And I mean, like, okay, okay it's kind of a corny comparison. No, I know what you're but saying. Like,
0: I know what you're saying. But
1: yeah, if you look out your window, you can probably see a place, a crime that this guy committed took place.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like, like watching the Sopranos is different when you live in New Jersey, like I do.
0: It's, uh,
1: yeah. it's, it changes things
0: but but what i'm saying too is like there's like there's there's assumed knowledge that the movie the movie almost kind of like i think that you guys are right in your critique which is i think the movie assumes the audience knows a lot of the details and it Mm -hmm. and it builds the emotional investment off of the people having that knowledge already and if you don't (laughs) have that do you know what i'm saying well
1: i mean i i agree but i think waddy boulder is infamous enough that there's pretty common
0: knowledge isn't it no he is but what i'm talking about is like how like you you were saying how oh, like the specifics yeah yeah like I mean, the specific you get,
2: thing something is local news as opposed to like i, yeah, I knew who whitey bulger was sort of but i remember you know you i mentioned you sending that putting that trailer online and me seeing the trail of this movie it's like i i was like i i knew whitey bulger was a gangster and that's about all i knew at mm. that point in my life so well because yeah.
0: Because the thing is, this story actually happened in two beats in Boston. The whole thing with Anjulo getting arrested—that uh-huh. was the first part of the story. And when that happened, John Conley was hailed as a hero. And there was actually yeah. a book called *The Underboss*, written by. Remember the two reporters that eventually yeah. come to him and say, "We want," we, you know, and they're the ones. That, they're the ones that like basically reveal to the world what what Conley is doing with Whitey Bulger. They were the yeah. ones who wrote the *Underboss* book that helped huh. elevate him to a hero. <laughs> so one of my gripes with this movie is how it makes those two reporters look so good when yeah. they wrote black mass, almost as a, an apology for it's
2: funny. It's funny you say that. Cause I, you know, cause I, I don't know. There was just something about that scene that felt like it was glorifying them in a way. Yes. That, I don't, it may, I don't know why Like I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but like something about this scene feels a little, phony to me and i couldn't couldn't quite pick it up yeah
0: it, it was definitely phony and i think it's because again and i I read both books and i've always been annoyed that that they like they're perfectly happy to blame. i mean john conley deserves blame for sure but they're perfectly yeah. happy to write about his role and and i don't feel like there's enough well hey we were kind of you know what I mean? Huh. We, we were kind of the ones that were, you know, talking about how great this was, That you know, and and if you think if you, you want wind- a
2: lot of money off of uh, Whitey Bulger's uh, buzz. Well, <laughs> well, and the other
0: thing is, if you wind it, I mean, it's it's just speculation, but I feel like the city would have actually been safer if they had left it in the mafia's hands than in the hands of the Irish mobsters, because they were so ruthless. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah.
2: Any, any turnover too is just going to make things dangerous anyway. It's, uh, having one gang swap for another is always going to create a lot of
0: ugliness. Well, and, and when you add to the fact that, that his brother is a state Senator who's incredibly powerful, you know, so it's just, you know, so I, I don't quite remember how we got to this point in the conversation, but I, I but I feel like all that but all that local knowledge I think builds up an emotional weight to the to the the in-between spaces between those set pieces. Do you know what I mean? And helps string them together. And I feel like it probably I'm just guessing, but I feel like it probably made for a very different viewing experience than yeah. if it's like, you know, you know Whitey Bulger's a criminal, but you don't have the uh it's it's just not you know it's 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 news in another state it's not news in a uh a local situation for you
1: yeah and you can i think you can rely more on like a very characterful caricature of whitey Bulger if you can rely on the audience knowing in the other elements of him from headlines locally like So you can lean into this kind of—I don't want to say cartoonish. This is a fine performance from Deb, but like it is definitely focused around the the criminal, like more sellable aspect of Mighty Bulger as monster. And like you're right, if you didn't, because the movie keeps telling you, like Brad was saying, keeps telling you that oh, he's so good around town, everyone knows him. But like if you are from Boston, (laughs) if if these were the headlines you grew up with that juxtaposition that shocking juxtaposition is so much more real i would imagine than it was for me just kind of watching this as a movie because you're right i i'm not connected to this in the same way you are brendan uh the movie gets an advantage with you it doesn't have with me so i I don't know if i want to call it a critique of the movie it was a fine movie but i definitely feel like it's extra good in your circumstance
0: now uh you mentioned the performance of johnny Depp, so maybe we should talk about the casting and the performances Mm. at this point um what what did you guys think? Of, uh, uh, how how believable were these performances, in particular Johnny Depp's? How believable did, did this did this did you like what you saw in terms of them? Did you like the casting choices? It, I I really the casting
1: choices were an interesting blend of inspired and insane in this movie. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch doing a Boston accent uh, that was fascinating. Um, but like I and the thing that kept striking me there's a lot of scenes of this in this movie. Is they you have these really good actors trying to convey the emotion of having a poker face over strong emotion, and that's yeah. such a contra. It's such a paradoxical place to sit an actor. So they kind of like there's just all these scenes of just like close-ups of faces of frowning men who clearly are unhappy yeah. with what's going on, and they're conveying the hell out of that. In a way that they're trying not to convey it while well, convey yeah. it. It's it's definitely an impressive, impressive piece of acting on yeah. several actors' parts.
2: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the, the uh, the, no, I, like I said, you know, another another actor. There was a surprise to having Adam Scott in it. I you know usually associate him with sitcoms and comedy, so he was he was fine in it. And I I, I said it just it just it was one of those unfair things where it threw me for a second just because <laughs> I usually expect him to be funny. And yeah. he wasn't being funny. What he did was fine, but I think I know why they picked him though.
0: I think I know what? why they. I think I know why they picked him because I think for what? that character, you needed to not know which direction he was going to be going. In terms, yeah, do you know what, is what I mean?
2: That he does work in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was. Excel- yeah, like I said, I'm not complaining about the choice. I'm fine with the casting. It just.
0: No, he stuck out to me too. I was like I I remember cuz cuz cause, cause like I said before the podcast like Step Brothers was like the last movie I think yeah. I had seen him in. And and it yeah. or a movie like that like he was always in those kind of roles and he usually kind of played like characters like that like the 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 jerk brother or whatever, you know, it was really just a like being smarmy yeah specialty of his. But uh um <laughs> which I don't know maybe maybe yeah, I don't know, but it was it was interesting. Um I thought I thought I thought the casting was very good. Um I I thought that again like I said I think people embody the characters more than like Jesse yeah. Plemons does not look like Kevin Weeks, but I feel like he really conveyed that that kind of hulking you know uh Jesse he, Plemons
2: is really someone I You know, it's like for someone at first I was like, oh, it's that guy who looks like Matt Damon. He just he's just a really good actor in his own right. Every time every time I've seen him in anything going back to Breaking Bad, I'm always really impressed with what he does. And he has such a small part but it was memorable despite him doing almost nothing in this movie.
1: Yeah, Yeah, uh, a lot of scenes of him in a car frowning
2: and exactly. yet you're right but he, he frowns the, the, the frown that you're talking about the frowns are conveying <laughs> yeah, a lot it... in this movie like the scene the scene in the you know the car scene where where uh you know where bulger comes back with the newspaper revealing that he's a a fink you know is uh is is that's a great jesse's reaction that is is great that was like perfect kind of trying to hide what you're feeling expression
1: yeah, there's a lot of that well i mean and the movie is aware of that like it, it's aware that that's the situation all these people were in you know they all have their knives poised at each other's throats constantly yeah. and then you have a whitey who is just kind of just barely on top of this pile just because by dint of the fact he's willing to go a little further and be a little more ruthless than anyone else yeah um, oh man it's it's so wonderfully tense and yeah
2: well, i mean on the tension thing it's it's interesting <laughs> like I guess this is something from the movie so i don't know how much reality there is to it but i like the dinner scene that was in the trailer the one where yeah. the uh agent where the agents are over having dinner one thing i found interesting that like Bolger is just screwing with uh the other agent uh, I, I forget his name you know where he's got oh, the, the family recipe the, thing
1: yeah, yeah and, oh yeah
2: and it was like he is really scaring that guy. And I felt like you were you were just setting him up to be someone who's gonna turn on you with that because it's like he's like he's like, Whoa, what have I gotten myself into? And even even if the feds weren't closing in at that point, he's looking to get the hell out of this situation. So it's that, yeah, I thought I thought that was a great scene the way that worked. I think mm-hmm. that
0: I think the actor in that was David Harbour. Am I correct in that? It is David Harbour's the actor. Yeah. yeah, I just
2: meant the uh the uh yeah. character.
0: But, yeah. I think what and that that was an interesting. Scene number one because it's like a funny scene, obviously. Like there's like a, it's kind of like the funny house scene it's from Goodfellas, strange. you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like how Whitey Bulger is kind of this lean, smaller character. It's Johnny Depp <laughs> <Kef>. and and, <laughs> and and Harbor's much bigger than him. He's a big guy, yeah, and that he, he gets yeah, him to dope. be so afraid. It, it makes it, 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 it's it's kind of like when you it just lends weight and credence to him being a a, a terrifying character. Um,
1: yeah, and it's another scene that the acting like i I can't praise it enough because it's all quiet facial expressions and staring at each other and like you can see these this little emotional chess game between everyone it's it's ah it's glorious
0: and i also thought that dialogue and johnny Depp's performance in that scene it was like when i first the reason i shared that trailer because i think that was the chair that i shared is yeah. I found that so convincing on like an accent level and on just like sounding like a person from Boston. I don't know if that's what Woody Bulger sounded like or not, but it sounded like that's how it should sound. And those words all seem like the right word choices to me for uh-huh. what he's trying to do in the scene. So I thought that that was, I don't know, it's just a very authentic sounding performance to me, an authentic sounding dialogue. Um, so, you know, so so I think that, you know, on that on that level as well. Like what I usually say about Johnny Johnny Depp in this movie, and my not that my cousin Dave is in any way similar to Whitey Bulger, but he he looks and sounds a lot like my cousin Dave to me, which is the thing. Uh-huh. Like that's what makes it be like, okay, I feel like that means this is like a genuine movie, you know? Um yeah. but uh but yeah so I don't know what uh what uh, Joel what you had said something about Benedict Cumberbatch's Boston accent. I was just curious what what
1: you Okay, so I've seen Cumberbatch in a lot of stuff. For for a while he was cropping up and everything. He was in a Star Trek movie, you know. He was yeah. uh he was both Sherlock Holmes and <laughs> um Doctor Strange. And I I'm not saying he's miscast. I think he's a fine actor, but like Remember that comedy sketch you sent me, Brendan, a while ago, where it was, <laughs> yeah. it was like an SNL Boston, accent, Boston accent, Boston accent with the accent, and they yeah. had the one British actor who just could not get it, and you know, like he would do, keep doing outtakes. He was just cursing and his, his charming colloquialisms, and he's just because he, they would tried so yeah. hard, and they because yeah. they have to go from British to American, which is one jump, and then from American to super American, which is yeah. Boston. like every time they try to plumb down into it it's just like it's reaching deeper and deeper down and um it's hard to keep up uh and i i'm certain that as an actor especially one of cumberbatch's magnitude it had to be really frustrating to balance the emotional resonance of that with this extremely regional specific and incredibly recognizable accent um yeah you could see the plate spinning in every scene where that's clearly taking a lot of his focus and energy just to remind himself he has it. Cause it seems like at the end of certain sentences, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm Bostonian. Ah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I noticed I, I was paying attention to the accents and I noticed he was number one. I have heard that Northeast accents are actually the hardest ones for in- people from Britain to imitate for some reason among American yeah, it's like
2: Americans can't do Australian accents. I can only think of one actor who's ever convincingly played an Australian, but, uh, well, yeah, yeah, so it
1: Australian accent. Does that count? What? I can do a fake Simpsons-esque Australian accent. I think that's accent. what Adam is talking that's, about. That's that, what I'm talking yeah.
2: about. Uh, the whole, yeah, I see you play Knife and Spoonie before. A fake version. It's, like how, it's like the fake American-Irish accent that doesn't sound at all Irish, but every American does it when they yeah. do an Irish accent.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, Cumberbatch, I think, I think, <laughs> uh, number one, I thought his acting is the thing that really, kind of the accent didn't matter much to me because he did a good job with the acting yeah when you compare but,
1: it to the acting itself it's yeah. it's really a minor issue but but now that i'm watching him with an actual bostonian like <laughs> these are movies about boston starring people from boston well, uh, it's starting to stand out
0: to me way more and i think because a lot of the other actors did nail the accent it kind of it jumped out that oh he's dropping the r in the wrong word do you know what i mean like <laughs> things like yeah. that like that stuff i was mentioning last time mm-hmm. and also i think he came off as doing like a Kennedy style accent. And again, maybe, maybe Billy Bulger like faked a Kennedy style accent. Well, I don't I know. I was going
2: to say that, 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 that was actually one thing I was wondering is the fact that he is trying to be the more upwardly mobile person. It's like, well, people do shift their accents sometimes. They too. do. And,
0: and I don't, I don't, I, I can't say that I've seen Billy Bulger talk a lot, so I don't really have a good, no. but, but I thought it was odd that like, well, they're both from the same place and one brother sounds like <laughs> Kennedy and one brother sounds like it. And again, it's not that the Kennedy accent, like, I don't think of that as like a, I don't think that's like an, uh, that's not like a super high level accent. I think, I just think that's like, a. I, I think the Kennedy's kind of legitimized it a little bit. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. It, it became a high level accent, uh, accent because of <laughs> an because accidental of, because of the president, but, but uh, but, I'm like, sure I don't they hear they
0: anybody hear that talks that way questions. anymore at all. Like, that's not, like, I don't, I have <laughs> not heard that accent in ages, unless I go, like, further north or something, you know? Um, yeah.
1: Looks like I travel don't. to people that actually have that accent. I rarely hear it.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. But, but yeah, I thought that, I agree with you, his was the one that kind of stood out. I thought Johnny Depp did a great job. I thought, um, what's his name? Uh, John, is it Edgerton? Is that how you pronounce his name? The guy who played John Conley?
2: i don't know how to pronounce it but he's really good
0: yeah i thought i thought he was great in the role and i thought i thought he did a good job with the accent kevin bacon you know was so so uh but like i give kevin bacon a lot of leeway with you know you know like it's kevin bacon one
2: thing one thing one thing you get with movies of course is the more high profile an actor is the less they have to do the accent so you know like i said joel (laughs) edgerton or whatever he he has to do the accent right because he's not a huge name whereas uh kevin Bacon, i mean one thing too with with movies when with casting as an actor you usually don't do the accent during the audition because that's stupid and you're thinking you know if you're going for a job you're not going to like learn the accent to do an audition for a job you might not get so a lot of when people are cast they don't know they you know they you cast mm cumberbatch and you're like okay then you work with it with a coach afterwards and maybe you get it right maybe you don't but it's always a complication in movies because no one's going to try and do the accent before they have the job
1: yeah and that makes sense honestly yeah and and some accents are really difficult if you're if you like naturally speak one like, like you said I don't even know if I could actually peg an authentic Australian accent if I heard it.
2: It's hard. (laughs) As an Australian, because I've mastered my American accent, it's actually hard for me to go back to it. Yeah, once you... Because there's some divide between the two on the way you use your mouth.
0: Once once you lose an accent, it's really hard to get it back because an accent is like an unconscious thing. Yeah. And the moment you make it conscious, you're not doing it right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: So yeah, that's definitely true. I, I lost my Boston accent. I know Joel accused me of having it last week, but like I moved to California. You have a Boston to... accent right now. I, I I'm not speaking with the. Bo- I I like, trust me. See, ar- that's
2: you're you're in the situation with my my like my father has an Australian accent to anyone that's an American, yeah. but he does not have. Yeah, an around Australian
0: here accent to an Australian. Around here, I do not have a Boston. Like people would not say, "Oh, you're from South here. "Oh, you're Boston from Lynn." Let's, let's <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> but I spent five years as a kid in California and I lost the accent and yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's very hard to, you know, even like, I can't just I, summon I swear
1: it. That We have to have some listeners that aren't from Boston that are here on what I'm hearing here. I, I,
0: I, I, we probably I have I, some
1: Bostonian I, listeners who are like, Who's that guy with the Southern accent?
0: <laughs> you know, cause I, I've got
1: I, just enough of one I like, feel, in Tennessee. People are like, what's your accent all about? And I'm like, I don't have an accent. And it's then weird. I come up I come up to Alaska and everyone's like, I love your Southern accent. It, I think really that's what's weird. going it's on here. I, I think
0: here. you're hearing my, like a little Northeastern accent here, yeah, which is not the same. Northeastern yeah. accent. I can't,
2: but, I can't speak on the Boston thing,
0: but, uh. but Boston is very different. Like at the end of the last episode, I actually had my mom in a clip. Yes. The, okay. I and that's brand brand a Boston accent. accent. That's a Boston uh-huh. accent. Um, uh-huh. So, so, all right. So uh, one of the other things I want to talk about with this one is, I I one of the themes I enjoy in the movie, and I think it's kind of similar to it's This is like the anti Donnie Brasco, where Donnie Brasco sort of is a law enforcement guy who dips into the criminal world and doesn't get like they they play with the idea of him getting corrupted with it, but ultimately he wasn't, and in reality he was not definitely. If you read the book Donnie Brasco and know about the case, but this is the opposite. This is a this is an FBI agent who you know he doesn't go undercover but he, he is working with the criminal underworld and he is totally corrupted by it and gets involved yeah. with it to the point that he's convicted of murder which is mm. i mean that's incredible you know so um i thought that was i don't know I just i like the way that the movie sort of handled i like as the movie goes on the the his world starts to shrink and things start to tighten around him and this 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 lifestyle and uh space that he's built for himself slowly closes in as people become aware of what he's actually doing and that he's not such a nice guy um and i i don't know i really liked the way i, I again i know that that we did say earlier that the movie kind of jumps around a lot and stuff like that but one area uh, of this movie where i feel like you really do get to know the character is john conley kind of struggling with that like the squirming out like like realizing he's gotten into this situation and then realizing oh. there's like no way out of the situation um and, and and never really kind of it, it you can tell that he sort of believes what he's doing it's like it's like a character study do you know what i mean like like mm. you don't sympathize like we definitely agree with the guy that joel was talking about but i have a good sense of like where this character is coming from Do you know what i mean he's not he's not yeah, just he, a caricature he's able he's able to justify his actions to himself yeah.
1: And it's only whenever he's confronted with the reality of what he's doing by his wife and like, just situations he finds himself in that it really becomes. He a dawn on him that his justifications were lies.
2: Well, he's not that good at it, to be honest. You that scene with the prosecutor, <laughs> yeah. the prosecutor, he's just, he's just every, he's just throwing random stories that all yeah. contradict each other, yeah. and just like, geez, you really really didn't think this through ahead of
0: time but what's great is those are all the same stories that he's been saying he's been saying stuff like that the whole movie and they weren't landing that ridiculously but then in that scene you finally get this clear-headed guy who's like wait those are ridiculous reasons that you're giving me and and that's what i like about that scene because it's it's this moment of clarity that is um it really highlights like just how deep this guy is is gone and how how out of touch with reality he is and how, like he's delusional basically at that point about what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's either delusional or he's just so, he's so caught up in that world that he, you know, it's, it's, he, uh, you know, he's, he's willing to go there, but, but it's, it's,
2: you know, you know, it's interesting because basically it's like he was able to keep him safe when there was a big fish to catch that yeah. wasn't bulger when bulger became the big fish it's like what can he offer up that's as good as bringing in <laughs> whitey yeah. bulger is like there's it's it's like he he can't he can't you know he could he could kind of get people on the other trail and he's like look look we'll get the mafia it's going to be great but
1: yeah he really yeah, got voiced I, by his own petard there yeah exactly he, he exactly. engineered his doom you're right because the second yeah. that he cleared out the the rivals of bulger like yeah, Bulger moves in. A, a
2: new a new prosecutor comes in. He's like, oh, oh there's my target. Well,
0: well, there's an interesting line of dialogue too when he's trying to convince Kevin Bacon, who's like the head of the office there, of uh, you know, the plan to work with Whitey Bulger. And 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 and, and I I think Kevin Bacon was the FBI director. I don't I don't know what his official title was in the in the job, but he he's basically saying, look, this guy's like an ex con. He's did like. He he they, he participated in these LSD experiments fifty <laughs> times. He's not still, like there's, they're listing all the and uh and 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 John Conley's reason for like one of his big reasons why this is going to work and why they can trust Bulger is because he grew up with Bulger, and that's a bond that isn't broken. And the FBI yeah. director should have immediately realized. Wait a second, Wait that a second. yeah, uh, so yeah,
2: but it's like I you know, but it, but it but it, it's worth it. It's worth it to make that compromise because he he got the the big big arrest yeah. there, so you know that's that's good enough to get a You know, Kevin Bacon apparently got promoted up the chain, yeah. that's why the other guy moved in. <laughs> so you yeah, know, it worked fine for him.
1: So, yeah, Kevin Bacon really made out like a bandit in this
0: movie. Yeah, he got clearly the being terrible of all
2: the wrongdoing without getting a single bit of dirt on him. So yeah,
0: because obviously John Conley in this movie is the guy who is the the most it's it, it makes total sense why he goes to jail at the end, right? But yeah. it does feel like there are a lot of people who are not uh and I don't know, maybe he was. I don't I don't I don't remember I, I did read the book Black Mass back when it came out, but I don't remember the details mm-hmm. well enough. So maybe Kevin Bacon's character in real life ended up in trouble in some way. But just going by the movie, it looks like a lot of people didn't get held to account for, you know, yeah. what they you know and again it's a movie so they might be you know glossing over things and well and, and they sort of we thing. know they're glossing over things um, yeah. yeah i mean i are, i I'm
1: with it. oh go I, ahead i've noticed that like i think they don't gloss over a lot as like the brutality of some of these executions and they really are executions no Those they did,
0: they, they okay so i know he mentions pulling teeth in in one of the scenes well, but uh, like that like their standard routine was to pull teeth after they killed somebody and like like they I, I think I think this movie could have been more brutal it could have shown the pulling of the teeth it could have, you know you, it, it definitely is brutal but like there's the reality might be, is probably worse just based on oh, like documentaries I've seen and things like that um,
1: oh my God. okay like, so what was the logic behind pulling teeth out of a corpse
0: because they can't identify the body if you pull out the teeth. Eh, because enough. they used to go by dental records there's if you want if anybody's interested in this kevin weeks has given a number of interviews and you can find them like on youtube and stuff i'm sure where he talks a lot like about how all these murders were done and everything like they, they go the, the, this information is and and like you know there's a lot there's a and i think uh what was his name um there's also a really long interview with uh uh john uh martirano the uh the, the hitman guy he he, I think he gave a hour long interview to 60 minutes or something. Um, wow, dude. so, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that, um, that where the, that information is out there, but but yeah, I don't, I, I thought I, I, yeah, that, that was why they pulled the teeth was, was because it was pre DNA, I think, you know, like I don't think they were doing DNA on cases at that time. Um, so dental records, yeah, I mean, this was like away. the
1: late 70s, early 80s, so yeah. like, yeah, I think the North has to be like the. The thing du jour for recognizing the skeleton that you happen to dig up but and that I mean, also
0: that also shows like how just how like when you're pulling teeth out of a person that's like so dehumanizing right like that's yeah. the point where it's like this person is just a body now to them do you know what i mean like it's there's something really grim about that i think it, um, it is
1: it, and you're right it's not just murder which is you know morally revolting enough it's this complete like disregard for any Element of the sanctity of life like they don't Even get to be buried with any dignity You're ripping their teeth out and fucking yeah. them in an unmarked Grave
2: I mean corpse, corpse desecration is a huge taboo
1: yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. for a
2: reason it's just Yeah it just goes deep But uh hmm.
0: But yeah I don't know but that yeah I, I, I think It's definitely a violent movie it's definitely A violent movie
2: yeah. I say um, one one Violent scene I don't know maybe I'm you know basically the scene where they execute the the high lie guy in the parking lot
0: oh but yeah which one cuz two of two of them get executed in a um, oh, parking oh okay, the one
2: by the swimming pool where you see everyone jump out of the pool and yeah and i was like i would I know the usual thing when there's a gunshot nearby is, was that a gunshot or was that a firework or mm. a car? It's like people don't immediately go, you know, unless it's clear that there's a gun, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to see anything from them. Yeah. Like, would everyone really jump out of the pool? Yeah. If, uh,
0: I, I, if I, anything I, too, I,
2: I'd, probably, I'd probably like hide, cr- hide down at the edge of the pool
1: if I was convinced. I didn't
2: be,
0: see anything, Mr. Hitman. <laughs> yeah, it it is. Yeah, like because when when gunshots are fired, like if you live in a city and you've heard gun, you don't yeah, always I know. In Chicago for ten yeah. years, I've heard gunshots. Execution
1: happened in Florida. These people have heard gunshots before. Yeah, yeah but I'm just, but
0: that scene was well shot. I thought because they it have was the hitman. It's a well done scene. Yeah. I'm
2: just making a little.
0: I I love how they have the camera behind him and he's walking up to the yeah. car. Yeah, was that was fun. that was really good. Uh, there yeah. were a couple of scenes like that. I like to see when they. I forget the guy's name, but the one of his first. There was the guy who. Who like mouthed off to Bulger at the um, at at their hangout that night, and then yeah, they end up, the ki- yeah, they end up killing him. Uh, they shoot him in the back of the head when Bulger shaking hands with him. But the scene yeah. where he gets in the car and he thinks they're going to take out somebody, that, yeah, and and he puts on the bulletproof vest. I like the way that they the guy in front hands them both guns. I don't know why, but the fact that like, they're going to kill this guy, but they still give him a, him a gun so that he thinks that he's in on the, you know, little things like that. I thought were just night. Nice. Cause I didn't notice it the first few times I watched the movie. And then this time I'm like, Oh, they're giving him the yeah, gun.
2: I, I hadn't you know, thought about that until yeah. you mentioned it. So you're right. The first time you, you just don't quite pick up on they it.
1: They most effectively disarmed him by arming him. That's yeah. Really I thought that <laughs> was, it was kind
0: of like, it's, it's just a really, it's like a, a, a really well executed, you know, uh, Plan, I guess, would be the way to put it. Um, yeah. But I, I, I and also the other parking lot scene I thought was pretty. Bru- that one was actually more vicious when he shoots. Um, What was his name? Hollerin the uh, Peter uh, Sarsgaard's
1: character. Oh, yeah. He uh, shoots him and he goes down and he's like blubbering and begging for his life. And he's just like. That, Pumping round I, after round into him. Oh. I,
0: I could be wrong, but I believe the guy that was in the car with him was totally uninvolved with any criminal activity, too. I don't know <laughs> if that's, that's the shot. case. I just know that there was a case around a restaurant where, where two people got shot and one of them was not involved. And I, in an interview with Kevin Weeks, he had said something like, well, you shouldn't hang around with those types of guys because you might get shot. Now he justified it. But that scene, the, the thing that was interesting about that scene is... Um, they shot it at the Porthole Pub in Lynn, right? Which Adam, you, if I, when you were here, I think I took you to Nahant or uh, yeah, uh, in the Linway. That's like right between Nahant and Lynn, the Porthole oh, Pub. Oh, okay. In reality, I think that murder actually happened in Boston, at, at uh, Anthony's Pier Four or something. I could be wrong, but um, but I thought it was an interesting because the thing, the thing about that geographic knowledge that surprised me as I was like, wait, that's way out. I was like, that's way outside of Southie. Why are they doing that there? When I, yeah. when I saw it, and then I found out later that they moved it just for the location purposes. But, um, yeah. but, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a, that, that was a scene that stood out to me just in terms of because, you know, it just felt stylized where you have Bulger walking up with the shotgun and pumping the guy and, yeah. you know, uh, but I thought it
1: was an effective scene. Um, it is. And it, I think scenes like that, because that happens a little later in the movie, like scenes like that usually have some tragedy in Bulger's life or something like some turning point in his life. And then like it's bookended with an even more violent or more horrible thing he does. And I think that's actually a pretty effective way this movie does convey his arc as a character. So and and again, we're hitting the highlights of his life. But whenever they highlight it that way, there's, there's kind of an emotional
0: continuity to it that I thought was admirable structure wise. Yeah, and I definitely do agree with you that it is. it does have a highlight. It's almost like a montage-type film, right? Like, that's yeah. kind of... That's why I think Scarface is the best. I know Scarface literally has the montage in the middle, but also the whole movie <laughs> is kind of, like, going from beat. Like, the, it's one of the reasons why I like Scarface, actually, is it does a good job I of that. I super watch Yeah. It. Um, but it definitely does do this thing where it's like, okay, now is this scene. now's this scene. Now, you know, it's all these little set pieces that just it's, really cinematic.
2: Yeah, the Palma is the really good at that, yeah. I would say.
0: And I feel like this is more that style of movie. Um, yeah. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about was Irish versus Italian. You know, that was kind oh, yeah. of a, that's obviously a big thing in this movie. Um, I don't know, did that, did that Worked for you here? Did you? Do you have any thoughts on that one? It feels a little
1: undersold because um, i the and I thought it was going to be like a bigger chunk of the movie because like one of the first things that happens is that like Italian hitman has the little italian flag on his, his scooter and he scoots up to the guy and he executes him and he scoots away which is like the most Italian hit I've ever seen also I think he was
0: on a motorcycle yeah. I don't think he was on a scooter that guy but they, they shot <laughs> I, it like I, yeah I,
1: I keep making it more you, and didn't more have specifically a vespa. you know that, that was the thing because like no, over his shoulder. yeah, yeah. I,
0: I watched it two days ago and I thought it was a vespa and then when I watched it today I was like they couldn't possibly have been on a Vespa. And I'm <laughs> sure enough it was like a motorcycle. So I think something about the way they shot it made it feel like he was on a Vespa. Well, the,
2: the, the Italian sticker on the, the yeah. Italy sticker on there yeah. and you're like it just makes it into a Vespa. It's <laughs> yeah. gotta
0: be a Vespa
1: now.
2: But well yeah I don't know if we're gonna but if we're gonna get to the Italian well I'll, I'll go on actually I'll uh, keep save this for later.
1: Now we're all super intrigued. Yeah now okay. I want to know what Adam was gonna say. Yeah, no, well, I,
2: I, I was getting into planning the next podcast. There so was we're not even oh, okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. But, oh, okay. but, but stay tuned. But jo- for that, so, Joel, but. did stay you have anything tuned. else that you were People at home on that?
1: <laughs> as far as like the Italians versus the Irish, I, I mean, like it's weird, like that's like a lot of Boston movies have that as like a thing. Yeah. Like, where you mentioned Boondock Saints, it's
0: another one where that's a big Irish movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, Irish versus this movie Irish. has the IRA yeah. in it, right? The, the IRA is a yeah. big thing in this movie, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a real. IRA,
1: I'm sure I'm certain that's based on like a real event in Boulder's life, but it felt weird that it got connected to me. Like maybe I, I don't get the context. I think what, what
0: they were trying to do is a lot of, I like, I don't want to speak. Okay. Number one, there's like, there's definite like ethnic lines are much more like for groups yeah. where ethnicity isn't really relevant anymore or still more mm. pronounced here. So like, if you're mm. a Boston Irish, that matters. If you're Boston Italian, that matters. I'm uh, actually I, I'm, Irish,
2: Irish Americans. I knew in the eighties that, that supported for the IRA were a, big thing i remember yeah and that's
0: like, a big thing in boston i i mean growing up so i'm i'm actually irish italian and jewish so i'm like all three of the big groups <laughs> oh, that were on there. but you got all the stories yeah you. but but like i was always more like i was raised more on the italian side i knew the italian side more and among like my irish relatives among the irish people i knew i would hear you would hear this admiration for the ira not that unfrequently do you know what i mean like it it it's just like a pride thing, I think. I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but I feel like that's what Makes they were sense. connecting to with the, with, with him supporting the IRA. Uh, number one, they were kind of trying to show like how off the rails this FBI investigation is going because it's literally funding <laughs> weapons going to like a terrorist organization. At the same time, I think from another lens, they're trying to show why he's maybe popular. Do you know what I mean like why he's not like? And I guess, I think this kind of gets into the code stuff that we're talking about, because obviously one thing that this movie does is it, it depicts, it depicts Bulger obviously as a monster, but he's a monster that lives by a code and they're always talking about this code. And, and I feel like scenes like him donating to the IRA, even though, you know, it's obviously he's donating weapons to a group that's going to use them, um, He's doing it on principle. He's not doing it just for profit, right? So he's obviously got like some kind. There's some kind of belief system underlying yeah. what he's doing, and and I think that um, I think that the scene where they show him with uh, what was her name, Mrs. Mrs. Cody, was that the name of the old lady that they helped with the groceries? Yeah, that, and that's yeah. like
1: right after they beat up that guy, right, and leave him yeah. for dead. Like they they slow down, like hey, remember her, and they help her with groceries, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like this really sweet thing to do. And there's no – you're right. There's no profit motive. There's nothing sinister about it. And I think that the thing that this movie does in terms of like making – showing his arc is whenever those things draw closer and closer together as he sees more personal failures and more criminal success, you it kind of culminates in that dinner scene where there's no line anymore between him being personal and him being this horrifically dangerous criminal. Like they're yeah. too polluted now, and his code of honor has become utterly corrupted by what he's become.
2: I have to say with the IRA scene, the one thing, the job, I mean, it's a cliche to kind of complain about the thing where people walk into a room and then the, the perfect news story is on when they turn on the TV. But it was like, you know, they're walking into the back room <laughs> yeah. and there being this like documentary or news story about the IRA being on his little TV in the back room. I'm like, it, it's the early '80s in America, like the chances of that being on TV are so yeah. infinitesimally slim. It just kind of made me laugh. Yeah, that but, is fun. Oh,
0: yeah, it's not the internet age where we just summon the the news yeah. thing that we want to see. I mean, even um,
2: VCRs were rare then. Yeah,
0: yeah, that, I, but I do think that that was in there for that. I think I think the big reason was to was to show, hey, like the FBI is. Effectively well, the helping. Scene the scene itself was yeah. fine.
2: It's that that aspect of the scene. I was yeah. like, "Come on, guys, that's a little much."
0: But uh but but you do see that's something you see with his character over the movie is like because when he, remember he's talking with there's a there's a policeman named Flynn, who I assume is supposed to be Irish, and he pulls them over and he gives yeah. them a message from Enjulo, and I thought that that you know in that scene I think he says you know it's a sad day when a native son right so he's obviously. Talk, there, there is like this pride thing going on and there is this sense of like, I guess you could call it like Southie nationalism almost like this, mm-hmm. this sense yeah, of pride. There's yeah.
1: a, this is a Southie nationalist movie. How strange yeah. to think about,
0: but like, uh, it's, you know, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's, uh, but, but, but that is like a theme. You like Joel, you were tell, asking me about the podcast about like the, the, the code and the, and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and how that comes up in these movies. I think a lot of that is cinematic number one i do i do think like people have attached this idea to boston of everybody adheres to like the, like you see like we should do the departed because i have a lot of opinions about that one too but that plays a big <laughs> a bit there's a there's a big scene in that movie where there's a guy who i think disappears because he was killed and they go to his mother's house and they they're trying to they're, the police are trying to find out like if she knows anything and the mother the mother says he probably did something he shouldn't have done, right? Like, like that's how far yeah. this code of silence... And that's... I found that very unrealistic. I think somebody's mother would yeah. be beside herself with anger and grief. It would be re- reacting like a normal person. I also yeah. think what they don't capture is there is a split in Boston over this issue. There definitely is like a... um. There definitely is like a snitches-get-stitches mentality here. There definitely is... Um, like a whole thing with loyalty and all that stuff that you, it's real. But at the same time, there's always been critics of that, especially when it involves people like Whitey Bulger. So like, so like something that they didn't get into in this movie is, uh, there's a, there's like a right wing talk show. or I shouldn't say right wing, a Conservative. I don't know. I don't listen to him. So I don't know where he falls on the spectrum, but, uh, there's a guy named Howie Carr who was an antagonist of white, of Billy Bulger and Whitey Bulger. And, uh, had a radio show and wrote about them. And at some point I think Whitey Bulger and Kevin Weeks were actually planning on killing him because of that. Uh But, um, but there's always been people that have objected to, you know, and Mayor Menino, you guys probably know who Mayor Menino is. He was very against the whole, like they used to sell snitches get stitches t-shirts in Boston and he tried to get, get them, uh, eradicated, (laughs) uh, so you know it, it, it's it's not as simple as uh, as they make it out in the movies, but it is like a real thing. There definitely is like this, uh, you know, there is like this um, uh, thing with that code that. Well, is... I mean,
1: like everything that winds up in Hollywood eventually, they they take like the Cliff Notes version and they sort of make their own mythology for it. And that, that's the yeah. thing. Like it's based on a kernel of truth, but it's also like what what they're showing you is the product of a bunch of yeah. writers saying what's this what's the emotion that whitey's yeah. feeling in this scene yeah. you know like that's what's going on there and so they, they develop this cohesive thing around it but real codes of honor real culture doesn't work that way it's far t- too organic and yeah. messy and it's yeah. far too personal when people interact with it it's not it's not something well, you the can whole just thing
2: yeah, the whole thing of Bulger coming up with, oh, well, I'm not informing. I'm doing this other thing, you know. It's, mm. it's just BS. It's like trying to keep your code, but not follow your code. <laughs> well, you know what's
0: interesting? I used to read a lot of, um, like a lot of true crime books, especially ones yeah. that were written by, like, people that were involved in crime. Like, so you'd have, like, uh, like a person who used to be an underboss in a family write a book, or somebody who was a hitman, or whatever, they would always write these books. And they would always say, like, I'm not. They would. They would say what he said. They would say, you know, like I didn't. I didn't turn my back on the code. They turned their back on me, or they. It's always yeah. kind of recast like that. I, yeah. But I, but again, I think that's because I think not even to do with Boston. Just if anybody's involved in the a criminal underworld, there's obviously like a uh, you know there is a code that would be uh, you know that that would not be friendly to people that are informants with the police. So you well, know that, that's, that's why.
1: It's just a natural defense mechanism of, of being on the wrong side of like the tyranny of government, which is like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, they have the they have the legitimate monopoly on violence. Therefore, they make the rules. And if you're on the other side of that, you have to make the punishment for obeying the greater tyrant worse than the tyrant would make it. Um, I, I read too much Hobbes. You know, yeah, I, that's a
0: which, really that's a really uh, unusual way to say I, I know what you're saying, but uh. yeah,
1: I. Uh, I I think of it these things in really weird start terms, like because like that's the thing about governments, like they're they're just the biggest monster in the room. And like we as Americans, like I think that we don't know how good we have it in terms of government. Like we have this wonderful Mm -hmm. system of like all these weighty balances, and it it makes it, it makes anything that's really draconic about the power of government a lot. It impacts us so much less that we have like whole political parties that are devoted to not being taxed, which is kind of insane when you think about how reality works and how inevitable taxes are as they're compared to like death and taxes right those are the two things yeah. Um, but yeah you, you, it kind of disguises the fact that we have this unbelievably monstrously powerful government and yeah they can kind of just do whatever they want except for all of these balances that keep them in place but yeah like when you're talking about a criminal or any organization like criminal organization business whatever um, it's all just incentives to make people behave in ways they wouldn't normally behave. And so like when you're in a situation like that, like game theory style, cool. where you know there is a terrible punishment for doing what you're doing, if you're in charge of the organization as a manager, you've got to make sure that you're creating an atmosphere where it is worse to do the legitimate thing than it would could possibly be to to get out of the lifestyle. And that's that's why these movies, like you don't have to, they don't have to really dramatize how miserable the end of a criminal and an organized crime thing is like everyone winds up dead. Everyone's at the end of it, It's just miserable and burned out. Like, like think about whitey bulger for all of his criminal success. He, he loses a son. He loses his marriage. He never gets to in any way help with his IRA organization that he's trying to send weapons to everything he tries to do personally. He's a miserable failure at. He can't even like talk to his brother. Like, no, nothing and that's like the actual outcome of the wages of his life of sin and crime
0: which again so. that's like a that is like a movie trope of criminals where it, know, it imagine, is but
1: it also really yeah. happened yeah no, it's, it's, story.
0: no but but also let's look at it this way he was he was on the run and free for a long time before long. he was caught you know so like there is one I, I well, you you guys had mentioned how this movie doesn't maybe get into specifics enough and I think that's one area where things aren't illuminated well by the film where it doesn't get into the what these people were actually doing to like like they show the murders right like they show the murders they were committing to silence people who were going to speak against them in some way but they don't show what these guys are doing on a daily basis to earn money and why that was such a bad thing and like i think well, if they right, had done yeah. that it, it would have because like my understanding is one of the big things they would do is extort local businesses and so people mm-hmm. would have a small business and they would show up and say, "Look, you got to pay us this amount of money now," and that you can, you know, that's the kind of thing that that uh that that allowing this to rampantly spread did to the community. Do you know what I mean? That's the, the mm-hmm. like like okay like I don't know if you guys know this. You know Dana White of the UFC. You know the no. UFC. You know the UFC, right? The yeah, I don't UFC. I know the
2: okay. so, I don't name Dana White, but I don't.
0: So he's the bald guy who's kind of personable and is like the face of the UFC, basically. And so but the reason that he uh, he was originally in Boston and was a boxing instructor. And the reason he left was because uh, the Winter Hill Gang or some people from Whitey Bulger's group went to him and said that they wanted him to pay like two thousand five hundred dollars a week for being able to teach boxing. And 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 he didn't he didn't. I guess he didn't take it seriously at first. And then he got a call on a Saturday that said, you owe us 2,500 by Sunday or something's going to happen to you. And he immediately went to Las Vegas and left Boston. And that's kind of how he went on the path of doing the UFC, I guess. But just to show, I mean, the, the like, you know, just that, that they had that kind of effect, even on this random minor celebrity from the ufc do you know what i mean that's the uh you know so so i think if they had shown yeah, and, more of that it and might, i don't know it, how
1: sexy that is in terms of like putting it as a scene in a movie yeah you know like choking choking a teenage girl to death because she might have been an informant yeah and she's a loose end that's sexy you can put that in a movie and be like look how horrible it is yeah but yeah. that kind of like you're talking about that day-to-day crime that's horrible yeah, <laughs> you well, know that well, crushes small businesses. That, well, that yep. I think if you communities,
0: the the problem with with showing that is, in order to to give it the weight that it needs, you almost need to build up the characters that are being affected. Yeah. So you 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 would have to the small business owners that are getting extorted. We have to learn about them and we have to see them like build, yeah, amassing them a.
2: That was- yeah Yeah, i i watched uh p.e blinders a couple years ago like a couple seasons of it and one thing i didn't like about that was they were they they were just kind of they they, you know they they show a lot of the violence these people do but there's also this feeling that they're the underdog that they're fighting the man and this kind of thing i'm like uh, but every racket they're running it's like they're extorting small businesses it's like and the, the show just kind of seemed to be like pushing that aside a lot of the time. And it's like, no, but because they're these Irish gypsies, they're the heroes. Yeah, they're... Yeah. And it was just like, no, there's they're they're just they're just killing killing and, and robbing other people at the bottom I, of the barrel. They're not taking on the man.
0: <laughs> I think I think the best gangster movies are even even gangster movies that celebrate and, and exalt in the violence of it and even glorify um, it, the best ones are at least ambivalent about the morality. Of what's going on, I think the best example yeah. of it is Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a perfect example of you can tell in the back of Scorsese's head, he's like, "There's something, you know, this is not like there's the, like hell is constantly creeping up on these characters, right? Like there's like yeah. literally like there are scenes that are vivid and look like they're in a hellscape, right? And so yeah. I think that uh, you kind of need that nagging. So I think this movie does do that, but but yeah, there's but uh, a sense
1: of it being kind of a doomed journey. Yeah.
0: Well, a doom journey and a sense of like just how, they you really get a sense of how bad the corruption aspect of it is of how the the FBI enabling a kingpin to to just spread is uh yeah. is a bad thing. Um yeah. but but you know, but again, my only point was that, you know, if if, if I think if you had seen on the ground level the effects aside aside from like the like you said the sexy stuff but like just how a day-to-day it can affect like you know uh it affects people like you know uh, running small businesses that kind of thing it would have had you know additional well, and, weight maybe
2: well they also uh, get into like him bringing all the drugs into the community and yeah. Kind of, yeah so they did they do but kind they, of yeah they don't, they don't, but but, but like again that, that was totally tell that, yeah, show
0: that. yeah that was the tell and, and again i guess they kind of had to because if they wanted to show it the downside of that is we're going to have to spend 20 minutes yeah, uh, learning I about this. It. Yeah. They didn't
2: have the time. To, that's that goes back to my comment at the very beginning. It's like, this would have been absolutely fantastic if they had like a season, a premium season on like HBO or something Yeah, to do this, that then it would have been uh they would have been able to make this perfect, but, uh, but so they were, I, they were crunched,
0: but I think that's why going the Scarface direction was the right, Yes, because it it would have been a four hour movie to do all those things
2: exactly i think i i you know i have issues but i understand why they made all the choices they made
1: with this movie well and the choices they make they made them in a smart way because like i mentioned earlier they escalate how horrible the crimes that we see are in each scene just just enough that you feel that toad in the boiling water vibe you know That's if you're gonna go the Scarface direction, that's how you have to do it to show just how far Whitey falls. So, yeah, yeah. well, well constructed for that. Uh, I, there's criticism, I think, to be laid at the movie's feet. I, I think you're right. I think the 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 shows that actually show the day to day horror of living with like a kingpin or living mm-hmm. in a society being manipulated, coerced, and bled dry by one, like those are the ones that really kind of haunt you and this yeah. uh this is a little bit too much like i could just walk away from it afterwards it's like ah, that was kind of a true crime thing time to go back to my normal life my grandmother reads true crime novels and then she does uh-huh. in that same way it's a it's an indulgence once in a while it's um
2: it yeah, doesn't have like, the
1: same lingering horror. You
2: know? No, I like The Wire, The Wire where you have 5 seasons where you get to see all the horror of every institution and crime organization in Baltimore where they can take their time and just mm-hmm. let you wallow in how horrible everything but, is. Like But, but that, see, is, that is much more crushing. But
0: see but the thing is I think there's there's two kinds of crime movies, right? There's one, there's the wallowing crime movies. Like I guess breaking bad might potentially I don't know if it would fall on that side of the fence or not. I think it would. Wallow's
2: not the right word anyway, but you you know what I'm
0: saying? I understand what you're saying. It's it's not as glamorous as like, there's a glamorous type of gangster movie. And then there's like the more, you're going to look at the, the morality in the face type of gangster movie. And the glamorous ones are obviously more fun. Do you know what I mean they're oh, they're just yeah. they're just more entertaining? Oh well, yeah, general. this
2: movie was more fun than Eddie yeah. Coyle, for example. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I really, I like Eddie Coyle better. I think that's a better movie. I, I I I I like that better. But if you just want to watch, sit down and watch a movie, this is, yeah. you know, assuming you've got a tolerance for violence, this is a pretty enjoyable movie.
0: Ed, Eddie 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 Coyle was a movie that made me really think. It also yes. it was very serious. I think movies like this, movies like Goodfellas, that type, Scarface. Those types of movies are, they're much more cathartic in their mm-hmm. use of violence. Yes. You know, Eddie yeah, Coyle they, was much more depressing in its use of violence. This is a much more cathartic. Again, it almost celebrates it, but it doesn't quite go, you know, it, it, it they, they stop just short of celebrating it is how I would put yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ed, it Eddie Coyle refuses public. to give you any catharsis whatsoever. Yes. It's like, nope, nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. The way I would put it is, is when violence happens in Eddie Coyle, you do not want it to happen. And when violence yeah. happens in black mass, you absolutely want it to happen. You want it like, you know what I mean? It's, it's even yeah. when it's horrible, that's why you're there. You're there to see the violence. Yes. Right. So
1: yeah, yeah it, it kind of sells itself on the extremity. I, I will say though, of the two movies, I just got done watching black mass, right? Friends of Eddie Coyle is still right now, much more
0: vibrant in my head.
1: Yes. Friends I of think Eddie, that one yeah. Is better.
0: I think it's a better movie. I think, I mean, I, I I do think it's a better movie. I I mean I, there there are okay. movies like I would definitely say I think Goodfellas is better than Eddie Coyle, but I think Eddie Coyle oh, is better yeah. than Goodfellas Black Mass. Amazing. Yeah, that is hey, that I, is that's, that's one amazing. of those masterpieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but Eddie Coyle was that was a real I was really pleasantly surprised watching that one. That one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I didn't yeah. know what I was going to get, and and I didn't know how bored I was going to be, and I was very glad <laughs> that I was thoroughly <laughs> enjoying myself, and and, and this one thing that I will say about black mass that I didn't like this time around was it did feel a little bit dated in that it felt very much like, yeah, this was a 2015 movie. Do you know what I mean? It had that, Mm. you know, some of that was the casting. Some of that was Uh the style of the cinematography and stuff like that, but it did, it did kind of like, and that's not always bad, but like, uh, I, 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 I did say, I did sort of think to myself, I wonder how this would look if it was made two years earlier or two years later. Which is not yeah. a thought I had watching Eddie Coyle. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of
1: forgettable cinematography in this movie, which was unfortunate. Because, like, the scenes you were pointing out where like, we're on, like, the, the camera, like, shoulder over camera, yeah. following people and things like that. Those were great. Those yeah. stuck out beautifully. But then you compare them to, uh, what was that? Was it Casino? They're that one extended long shot where they just went into... Oh, that was Goodfellas uh, where they went into... Goodfellas, that's the, yeah, what it was. The like, yeah, the Coco Cabana scene. Yeah. I think that scene, that shot, Established the precedent of that being an expectation in these kind of movies, and what we saw in those scenes, in those little over-the-shoulder scenes, was just this really tiny little echo to that, almost like they were a little tip of the hat. You know, the reason they didn't have quite
0: the artistic brilliance. The reason that scene works in Goodfellas, though, is because it's totally in line with the movie's purpose, which is to show you like the inner workings of the mafia, and so you're getting mm-hmm. like a like that's like we're going to take you into the hallways. Of you know and see every yeah, like detail it's not of
2: how flash for flash yeah it's flash applied with very strong yeah. intent
0: and and, and it's not like it's early in the movie it's it's like it's right not. in the middle isn't it it's yeah no placement. the movie Goodfellas starts in the middle it starts with the Billy Bat scene where Billy Bats is in the trunk of the car and he starts mm. to 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 jump around that's that's where the movie starts um, but uh, but I I don't know I I, I yeah I I I, sus- I suspect. I, I have to admit, I kind of liked a lot of, like, the, like, I know I was complaining about uh, location shots before, but I kind of liked the location shots they were doing in this movie. I felt like it helped me to build shots, the atmosphere.
2: that is only, you know, a casual Boston visitor on a regular basis. I, I enjoyed the locations oh, in this movie.
1: I well, they, they had a lot of shots that were, like, the opposite of a glamour shot. Like, they have this one uh-huh. shot where it's just, like, this uh, this awkward upper, upward angle at this tangle of electric wires. And it's clear that, like, that that one shot is, like, yeah, Boston's a the city they had before electricity. So, this is just kind of what they stapled <laughs> together. And it's such a characterfully Boston shot. I was like, ooh, I like that. I'm going to mention that on the podcast. I didn't I was, even notice my that shot, checking it off be It's um, because you look up and see it every day.
0: It's probably why. Yeah. But the... Uh, yeah.
2: I remember our our mutual friend uh, Rob describing like the streets of Boston. It's just, it's just, they're all just the old cow paths. That's the the whole organization of the city. (laughs) There was a cow path there. Let's, let's put a, put a road in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The streets here. Well also there's like a, in the areas around Boston, there's a lot of Hills. So you get like the San Francisco type thing going on too. But I I think uh, one thing that did stick out to me is And again, we keep talking about the Boston accent trailer, but I I did think about that a lot because they talked about name dropping locations. And I Mm. felt like that, like there was a scene where he's like the Libra in Revere. Like, you know, I was like, I was talking to somebody at the Libra in Revere and blah, blah, blah. And I was, and I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, if you live, if you live in a place, you don't say the Libra in Revere, you just say the Libra, right? Like you just say the Libra. Yeah.
1: Even Kevin Smith movies get that right.
0: Point that out, (laughs) that's a, so i think i thought i thought you know that was sort of i mean again i understand why they do it but it, it did kind of stand out like oh okay they're kind of like you know uh you know, we're just going to drop names of places now um <laughs> that's not I, right
1: audience you've yeah. heard of that place haven't you
0: <laughs> but uh uh but yeah so so i right, any uh i think we've, we've talked about as much of this movie as we can i don't know if there's anything we left out um, i think
2: i've said all
0: i have but yeah
1: I, I, that's pretty much everything i, I think what we wanted to mention because like, i i noticed that th- this movie has it, it does a good job of conveying the attitudes of the characters by how it chooses to put people in the movie and where it chooses mm-hmm. to put them uh i noticed very early that every scene with a woman she is in a, in a kitchen oh, almost exactly and uh the other ones they're that. like yeah or there's she's like a prostitute or something like like this movie it takes that very misogynist way that the the all male uh, gangsters looked at women, and it like yeah. it codes it as part of the the camera's bias. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it, it I don't know if you could do that nowadays, that people just misinterpreting it as an actual bias cool. on the part of filmmakers, but it wasn't. In this case, it was an intentional choice to to show the objectification of these people and i thought I just, that was really well put together
0: yeah we had we had gotten into this in the pot uh, before the podcast i think we should talk about it the uh the basically all the women are either like mothers wives or prostitutes there's not like a lot yep. of there, there, there's, there's nothing really in between that i can remember um and or old ladies i guess old i don't know old ladies and mothers may be kind of the same category yeah that
1: kind of and, we got the maiden mother Crone thing, and, and in yeah. every one of those cases, it is about their function in terms of the lives and utility to these men. Yeah, um, and, the, and, and oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, like, and it's clear if you watch the movie with the understanding that that's intentional, it doesn't come off as offensive. It comes yeah. off as no, well,
2: it's, yeah, and I mean, also, you have it's not it's not like the women are completely meek to a degree like Connolly's wife she locks him out of the house she just changes the locks like yep i'm done with you yeah bye (laughs) there's
0: some subtlety there too because like not just that but she refuses to socialize with bulger right and so i mean that's that's a pretty ballsy thing to do that's like a you know you have the the, like notorious gangster in your living room and you're just going to go to your bedroom and ignore him. you know that definitely does seem like something that could get it wouldn't be easy to do um Yeah. Also, I thought it was interesting that like the the Bulger's mom was kind. I don't know something a little bit mean about her uh, in the way that she, you know. um, So there were like these, like you know, they weren't like it wasn't like all the old ladies were sweet and all of the wives were like meek, like you. But they did. They they definitely were. uh, I mean, like the scene where when when Bulger goes up to check on check on his wife right like that scene definitely is intended to kind of show and i think a lot of the movies intended to show like the effect and again because one of the things that people don't like about bulger is the violence he did to women in particular right i think that's one of the reasons why they're taking this angle with the movie um i think that made it stronger i think that made it you know uh it made more of a case for you know that that aspect of of bulger um but but yeah it was interesting it was interesting also i think the time that the movie is set also has something to do with that because like we could have possibly said the same thing about eddie Coyle as well because that was made in the 70s do you know what i mean yeah Yeah, but in eddie
1: Coyle's case it felt more like they were simply shooting what was naturally there rather than they had this kind of like Mm. Post third wave feminist information perspective that they wanted to make certain they were deliberately, carefully inserting into the bias of the camera of the movie. Like,
0: okay, I see uh, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I,
1: I mean, like, it's not like women weren't housewives at one point, almost primarily. Like, that's a real fact of history. You can't argue with that. Uh, and like with Eddie Coyle, it was just like, yeah, we just put the camera where you know we encountered people in our lives. Like, men were in bars, women were in kitchens, was kind of the thing. And like, our bank tellers. I, yeah, I almost work exclusively with women in my bank job. So. And I work almost exclusively for women, too, because they I kick work ass in real at estate,
2: bank. which is largely uh, women yep. working in that, too. So there you go.
1: Some manly occupations we got here.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think game designer is actually the manliest profession out of all. Three of us. <laughs> I don't know
0: about that. Um. <laughs> Uh, I, would I'd, I'd have to give it to, uh, I think banking is probably because at least that's like a, uh, you know, the bank, well, that's like a very, uh, a very, um, uh, uh, it, it's, it, 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 it involves the practical, you know, money concerns of running a household. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, I guess real estate too. Real estate too Game designers the most frivolous Actually Of, of all the uh, <laughs> I got Occupations
2: i frivolous I got a In it
1: The once said Men are ruled by toys So <laughs> So
0: But uh, But anyways I think we'll uh, We'll end it here Hopefully we'll I don't know I want I, I I don't know if we'll Keep doing more movies In this style or not um, But if we do go In this direction I would say Departed or Mystic River Might be interesting choices Because Departed Is also like Kind like it's based on Infernal Affairs, but it's also clearly modeling Jack Nicholson's character on Whitey Bulger and modeling Damon's character on John Conley. So, mm-hmm. but it's fictional, so it's interesting to see a fictional take that doesn't isn't limited by what actually happened. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so so we'll head out and uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later.